This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. So, I had a wonderful trip in Eretz Yisrael last week for my birthday. Um, first of all, I just want to tell everyone who's watching. Thank you, thank you. Tell everyone that's watching. Um, or now we need two secretaries, um, specifically that deal with um, QuickBooks. And we need we need to hire immediately um, two women, two girls, whatever, full time. Um, so whoever's watching is interested, please call us at seven one eight O H R N A A V, Arnava O H R seven one eight O H R N A A V. Okay, no no guys, because um, you're dealing with girls and women all day, so it's just not so healthy. So I went there to Israel, amazing trip, three days, everywhere. Went to visit everybody, uh, went everywhere. Baruch Hashem, it was amazing to go to the Koisel, was seeking, gave a Kiddush. Um, I have a very strange story to tell you. We'll get to that. Uh, I went to a very big tzaddik, and he said that I should, he knows that I speak publicly, and I should talk to all my boys and tell them they need to go every at least every Friday to the mikvah. It's very important for them to go to the mikvah. To Karnas Ezra to go to the mikvah, um, he said something unbelievable. He said, "What? If I wanted to tell you, I would have told you already. No, I wouldn't say he." Um, he said like this: he said that a person who was being Megayer, who's going from a non-Jew to become a Jew, so he had the bris milah, okay, and he learned the year and a half, two and a half years of Yiddishkeit. He doesn't go to the mikvah, he's a guy. He's a guy. Goes to the mikvah, becomes a Jew. The rabbi said, Surely if the mikvah can make a guy into a Jew, can you imagine what it makes a Jew into? That's the kedusha of a mikvah. You could take a non Jew, without it, the non Jew doesn't go to the mikvah, he's not a Jew. And make him a Jew, that person becomes a Jew. Surely, he said, if a Jew goes into the mikvah, what's going to make him? So, he's asked me to tell the boys and the men and everybody. And for sure, for Erev Shabbos, Erev Shan, Erev Yom Kippur, and Erev Yantiv, and Erev Purim, and Erev Hanukkah, um, that a boy should go to the mikvah. Just fascinating story. Is that what the person gets their immersion from? I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. baptism? I don't know. Most of the stuff comes from us, so... Has to do with water, and wafers, matzahs, whatever. So before I start talking about Pinchas, <laughs> after it's in the water, yeah. Um, after we're going to talk about Pinchas Ben Elazar Ben Aaron Akayin, who was a Gilgal of Nadav and Avihu, who became Eliyahu Navi. We'll talk about that soon. I want to tell you a story. The way, oh, he's here, Baruch Hashem. Tell you a story that happened to me in Israel. So the first two days, thank you. First two days we were doing amazing. We went. I got. We landed. I went to my father's. Um, to my father, and then we went from there straight to Rabbi Abba and then we were up north. So they they went. I didn't go to the Rizal's mikvah, but they did because it's in a graveyard. I don't know exactly. Um, and we went to Rav Shimbaychai. And we went, um, totally went up north, and then we went to Rebbe and then we went to 
to the Rambam, then we went to Yechem ben Zaka and his Talmidim, and then we went to Amuka, um, which I never was by, Rabbi Yonasim and Uziel, it's a pretty fascinating road down that little road. Um, we, really, we really did very well. The second day we went to Rechaim, we went to Steinman, Yudal and Tzadik and everything. The third day, which was Thursday, was when I left on Thursday, I was there for three days. So, about midday, I was somewhere, and I had a bag with some something in it that was worth a lot of money. And we came out of this place, me and my friend, and he said, let me go call a taxi. And I said, why do you need to call a taxi? We'll just wave down a taxi. So we waved down a taxi. Our mazel was an Arab taxi. And um like a nice Arab man, but he had no sign um who he drives for. He didn't have a sign in front. Romain, this, that. No sign who he drives for. No name on the side. I always look for the name on the side. Mahle, you know, all the different names, whatever, and the phone number. I just like to get like to know the guy's name, you know, Abu 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 Abhatsaad, whatever. Um, nothing there, nothing there. I get a little nervous when there's no signs in the in the taxi. And then we wanted to go to Zichra Moshe, the, to Dav Mincha, and he could he, uh, he didn't know he, he didn't know where Zichra Moshe was. How do you explain to an Arab where Zichra Moshe is? So he said, put it in my way. So he hands my friend, because I don't know how to use iPhone, he hands my friend his iPhone, everything's in Arab, Arabic. Just to change it to Hebrew, and he puts in Zichra Moshe, and he takes us to Zichramo, and we stop, it's 30 shkolem, I take out my wallet, I pay my shkolem, I get out, I come into Damencha, it was like 2.30, and there's a man there, and he says, oh, you know, poor man, is it officially? I just made the safer, please buy it. So I said, okay, let me see, he gives it to me, I start looking at it a little bit, show him, give him a little attention. I said, kamazeh, he goes, esrim shkolem, 20 shkolem, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh my gosh, I left the bag in the taxi. I'm dead. I'm talking, it's worth a lot of money. I'm like, I shot out of shul. Now, if this poor guy thought I stole his safer, <laughs> I never took out the money to pay him. I shot out of shul. My heart's beating. It's, it was 100 degrees, at least 100 degrees every day last, last weekend. It was crazy hot. And I'm running to catch a taxi. And, of course, it, it was five, six minutes before I realized it. I'm running from Zichromosheh to the main street. I'm looking at every taxi. My heart's beating. I'm like, Hashem, you have to help me. Gone. Taxi's gone. No phone number. I don't know what company he drives for. Done. I'm done. And so, so no, you know what? You probably didn't leave it in the taxi. You probably left it in shul. You came in. The guy showed you the safer. You put it down. You start thinking, you, you know, ran back to the shul. Of course, it wasn't in the shul. Now, when I ran back to the shul, I'm, I'm turning over bags. I'm looking under boxes. I'm thinking maybe I left it there and someone put it somewhere. There's a poor man standing there who I know, who comes to me here in New York all the time from Etsy Oh, Wallerstein! My heart's beating. I'm dying. I'm dying because I lost something that is not good. And I'm like very, very upset at the moment. And I'm sweating. I just ran all the way down to Kiko Shabbat. And all the way back up in 100 degrees. I'm not in such good shape. I'm soaking sweat. I'm breathing hard. This guy's like, Balish died! I'm like, get. In my head, I'm like, get away from me. Like, this is not the time to be bothering me. Oh, Masmachta, how are you? No, you have tzedakah for me? I'm like, later. Right, later. Just don't don't bother me. But then in my head, it's like, 
It's not his fault I lost the thing. I'm the idiot who dropped, who left the thing in the taxi. I'm like, okay, 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 okay. And I'm sweating. He goes, oh, you lost something? I'm like, oh, yeah, I lost something. We are, I said, in the taxi. Oh, Hashem will help. I'm like, Hashem might have helped me lose it. It might stay lost. <laughs> so I take out $20. I give him $20. And he says, that's it? That's what you're giving me? And I'm in this mood already of like, get away from me, man. Right? Because I was very upset. I said, this is what I'm giving you. I don't have more right now. And I went to Dan Mincha. Now, I've had two stories with Amir Balanes. I'm very involved. I, went, I spoke in a parliament meeting in the five towns. I'm very into Amir Balanes. And uh, we, had lost, we had lost a ring um, at the Pesach program. It was impossible to find. It was in Nesniff when we found that. We lost the watch, whatever. So every time I say, every year you know, it says that if you lose something, you say, you give tzedakah to Amir Balanes, and you say, three times, and you'll find it. So far, I, I lost two very expensive things before this time, and we found it in an impossible place. In an impossible place. You have to hear the whole story. Not all stories end good. Some do, some don't. But this story ended good? Patience. What am I going to do for the next 30 minutes if I tell you, <laughs> tell you the answer now? What's, what are you kidding me? Anyway, so I'll tell you a very interesting story. So anyway, I'm very involved with Ramayana. That's, I spoke I spoke at a thing to raise money for him. I'm very into Ramayana. When it comes to Dukkha's Ramayana, I'm very into Ramayana. So, so it's my minute. I'm like, okay, here's the deal. Yesterday I was by you. Ramayana was by you. I lit a candle. Ramayana. I Okay, I'm giving you $500 to Ramea Balanes. You can't say, if I find it. That doesn't work. You have to give it. Whether you're going to find it or not, you have to give it. So I said, I'm giving you $500. Okay, now I'm hoping that I'm going to find it. I have no phone number. I have nothing. How am I going to find it? Aaron, what are you going to do? The only good thing is that where the stuff was bought was on the plastic bag that it was in. And there was a bag with a print in the name of the store and the phone number. This guy's not going to call. He's not going to call and say, I found something in my car. Anyway, so I leave. This guy's like, uh, whatever. I'm not, I'm not giving him more than $20. Fine. Um, I get back to the apartment. I'm beyond myself. How can I come home without this? My wife's never going to forgive me. I was, ah, I was going crazy. My whole trip was ruined. It was crazy. So I called up the place that I had left, that I had gone to the street to pick up that taxi. I didn't, ta- I didn't call a taxi. Had I called a taxi, I wouldn't have had this problem because I would have had the name of the taxi, the name of the company, the whole problem wouldn't have happened. But I waved down a taxi. So I had nothing. So I called the person who I had left to get into that taxi and said, what should I do? And she said... We have cameras. We could find out the license plate of the taxi. So, it took her a little while. They went through the camera. They got his license plate. They had his license plate. His number and his license plate. And they have me walking into the taxi with the bag. So if we could find out, by Zichra Moshe, if they have a camera, of me walking out of the taxi without the bag, then the taxi driver can't say that there was nothing there. 
So we went to the police, Mishtara, and we gave them the license plate. So now all you need to do is track it, and we can call the guy and ask him for the bag back. No, in Israel they passed a law a few years ago. You're not allowed to track the ta- you're not allowed to track cars or taxis by their numbers. They switch plates. It's a whole story. Mishtara, Mishtara, you can sit there, stand on your head. Very nice guy. I have badges from the police here. Um, you know, like um, uh, what's it called? PBA badges, all these other badges. I said to him, by the way, you should know that I'm, because I knew that he wasn't going to give me the number. I'm a policeman in America, and in America we do give the number. He said, ooh, the mushroom. Looks at my baggage. Oh, the mushroom you had. I'm like, yeah, I, I help kids, this and that. Nothing doing. Nothing doing. He says, why don't you go to the place he dropped you off and see if they have cameras. And then, then we can say, we know the bag went into the car, the bag did not come into the car, did not leave the car, so he has it. I said, I'm leaving tonight. I need to bring this home. Home. I need my bag back. Could you please tell, track, when I walk out of the room, call the, it takes him five seconds, go on a computer, put in a license plate, they have the guy's name, his address, his phone number, everything. Can you please do this for me? Yeah, it's a It's a law. It'll take at least a week to ten days, and we'll call you at that point. Okay, it's a crazy story. So I walked out of the police station. I was there. I'm sweated. I ran, I, I'm going crazy. I'm not getting my bag back. I'm done. Okay. I go up to. I go to Zikramo. Look for cameras. They don't have cameras. The only shul in Israel doesn't have cameras. <laughs> Why? They don't need cameras. Hashem watches our shul. If we put up cameras, it's a lack of bitachon. No cameras. I can't get any camera that he left, dropped me off, and that there was no bag. There's no camera. There's two stores there, little stores, but the cameras are only at the front door. So I'm done. I go to my apartment. I'm like, I didn't tell my wife yet that I left it in the car because I didn't leave yet. So the whole day she's wondering why I didn't call her. Right? I didn't want to call her while I didn't have the stuff. Okay? This is amazing. Listen to what happens. So I'm upstairs. You can imagine. I'm packing. I'm upset. I'm packing up my, my luggage and everything. Bell rings. I'm like, guys, don't go to the door. It's a collector. Who else is ringing my bell? Nobody knows I'm there. It's a collector. I'm not. Meeting anyone now. We're in a rush. We're going to miss the plane. The other day, we have to die. My rib, nervous. I'm very nervous. Whatever it is. Bing, bing. Guy rings the bell again. I'm like, you know what? My guy goes, listen, go answer the bell. Opens the door. He goes, it's uh, some guy here for tzedakah. I'm like, tell him, not tonight. Catch me on Kipper. I'm not, I got to run. I got to go to the airport. And for some reason, in the back of my head, is like, don't ever say no when someone rings the bell. Give him something. I run upstairs. Who is it? The poor guy from Shul. <laughs> he won't give up. He's twenty dollars. Not enough. <laughs> he knows where I live. Yeah, sure he knows where I live. I am so angry. I'm trying to pack. This, I gave him twenty dollars. Leave me alone. And I should hire him too. He's standing there, guys. What a mistake you can make in life. What a crazy. That's why I'm telling you the story. A crazy mistake a person can make in life. The man is standing there with a piece of paper. Mr. Wallstein, 
I know that you lost something. You told me in shul, in a car. I know two Haredi policemen that are very high in security. Hear their numbers. I guarantee you they'll track the Arab. I said, you didn't come for money? I said, no, I don't want any money. I saw how upset you were. Here's two numbers. I was like, what? And he had two names with two numbers. That's where he came, not for tzedakah. I said, wow, I, I'm sorry that was close to that, whatever it is. I gave him 80 more dollars. Here's your $100. Have a nice day. Call the first number. Shalom Aleichem. Tell him the story. This, this is the... This is the taxi's number. Okay, I'll get back to you. Half an hour later, he goes, I got your bag. Oh, said, I got your bag. I said, what? He said, yeah, we tracked him. We got his number. We called him. We told him that we know that he has the bag. He said he has the bag. He didn't know who to return it to. Um, yeah, we'll, he, he's bringing it to us at 11 o'clock. I was flying at 11. So we'll have your bag at 11 o'clock. My friend was supposed to fly at 1 but El Al pushed it to Friday at 9 o'clock in the morning, so he was all upset, but he got my bag. Um, I got my bag back. And we gave the Arab on Friday. I didn't give it, but I gave it to someone. To give, we gave the Arab 100 bucks as a reward. He came for it, for not throwing the bag out or what, stealing it or whatever. And I, was, I, I wasn't giving him anything, but someone told me I should give him so that I don't owe him anything. I don't owe him anything in this world. Just pay him, and you shouldn't owe him anything as well. Now, that's not important. <laughs> a lot, a lot, something worth a lot, a lot of money. So, yes. so yes. there's a there's a part that four of them. There's a part. There's a part that I didn't tell you. By my riv, before I went up to. Packed, and this guy showed up with the numbers. I said, "It seems to be Ramea Balanes. You're not happy with 500 because nothing was moving." I was like, "Okay, here's a thousand. So I ended up ended up owing. I mean, have to pay Ramea Balanes a thousand dollars. And when I gave a thousand, that's when everything started moving. But um, the 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 most important part of the lesson is, had I not given the guy the twenty dollars. And told him, I can't talk to you right now because I lost something in a car. He would not have known what was going on. And if I wouldn't have talked to him, and when I was giving him the money, then he definitely would not. So, so even though I was in such a bad place and didn't want to give tzedakah, the tzedakahs would save me. Because had I not given him the $20, he, I wouldn't have told him that I lost something in a car. He wouldn't have called, got the numbers of these two guys and come up to my apartment to give me the number. The, 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 the Ani, the poor person... Is the one who gave me the number who got me back the goods. I really should have given him a lot more than $100 for what he saved me. Now, I'll tell you something interesting about Ramea Balanes. So I said it at a parlor meeting. I have a track record. Let's go back to Ramea Balanes. If someone stole something from you, or let's say something fell down into the Grand Canyon, you're not getting it back. I don't care what you say to Ramea Balanes. You're not getting it back. If it's destroyed, right? If it's destroyed and gone, you're not getting it back. So it has to be 
that you're going to lose something, but a Meabalaness is going to make sure that whatever you lost doesn't get totally lost, because otherwise you, can't, you won't be able to get it back. Now, why would he do that? And the answer is because you have a track record that when you lose something, you give tzedakah to the koil of Meabalaness. So if you have a track record, he's going to protect the lost item that the person doesn't throw it out or burn it or get rid of it. In other words, this Arab never had in his head that he's going to keep it or throw it out. He should have thrown it out. Thrown it out or whatever it is because he had no use for it because Chai Wallstein has a track record that when he loses something, he pays for it. So he made sure that the guy didn't lose it because the guy totally lost it that after this time, $1,000 and not finding it, I wouldn't give it again. So it has to be pre-given. You have to have a, you have to have a line of credit. You have to have done it already. It's not like, if I find it, I'll give you the money. That doesn't work. It's I'm giving you the money. And now I have a track record. So if I lose my ring, he's going to make sure that it gets kicked into a place that it could be found. Not that it goes down the sewer, down the street, and ends up down in the sewer department, then 500 miles from here in the Delaware water gap somewhere. Because you're not getting it back then. You understand what I'm saying? He protects it because he knows you're going to give the money, and therefore you'll get it back. Anyway, that was my crazy story. I got on the airplane. I was like, Hashem, it's amazing. Because I'm not giving that tzedakah the 20 bucks. Wouldn't have it. That 20 bucks saved me $8,000, $10,000. 20 bucks. I gave it to tzedakah. $10,000. It's crazy. So no matter what mood you're in, no matter how depressed you are, if somebody puts your hand out, put something in that hand. Because that guy saved me. He doesn't even know that he saved me because I left after. He doesn't know what happened. So next time I meet him, I'm going to have to give him a reward. What? He's a real Yushami. He's not listening to him during any time. Nobody knows who he is. He can come after me. I'll give him. Don't worry. He can come after me. You have no idea. Okay. Um, anyway, that was a very fascinating story that happened on... Uh, on my chat. Oh, very interesting. Oh, weird. What? That's my spur. What I just told you that if you have a credit line, then he'll make sure it doesn't get lost mm-hmm. totally, that it can't be found. This guy could have destroyed what he, what he, he had no reason, he had no reason to keep it. All right. So that's an interesting story. Let's talk about a very interesting story. Let's talk about so, so we, we talk about this every year in the parasha, that a person comes to this world, and if he messes up, he has a chance to come back to Google to fix it. Now, Dasan Aviram, who were Aaron two sons, two of the four sons, they were very Kaddish, they were very, very, very holy. So, they never got married. Because they didn't feel that being with a woman on the level that they were, the tomb of a woman, they, didn't, they, they were too high to be married. Maybe they thought that like Moshe Rabbeinu Hashem would show up anytime. I don't know exactly what their svara was, but they wouldn't get married. What? That was the story with him, with Chizkiyahu. But here... They didn't want to get married. They 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 were they were kahanim. They were in the base amigdash. They were, you know, they they felt they felt that the, it would be a pegam in their kedusha. 
but their main Avera, main Avera, um, as we know, the road to Gehenna is paved with good intentions, is they felt that it was the opening day of the Mishkan, and all the Jews were there. And there was Ketoresh, and there was supposed to be a fire that was supposed to come out of Shemayim, and that fire was supposed to burn up the Ketoresh. And here you have, you have all the Jews, Aaron Moshe and, the, and all four sons are there, right, another view, and they're waiting for this fire. Grand opening, right? Grand opening fireworks. There's no fire. So they made a decision on their own that this is a big show of Hashem. That Hashem didn't send down the fire. Um, and their people are waiting. It's a big big of Hashem. So they lit a fire. So that it wouldn't be a chilul Hashem. But that was a very big problem because that was called a, Zor, a, a strange fire. The fire had to come from a Baruch They thought they were doing a good thing. But you can't bring an aged Zorah. You can't bring your own fire on the Ketayra. So the fire came out of Shemayim and killed them. In fact, it burnt their insides. It didn't burn their outsides. It burnt their insides. So the Ravera was that instead of making a Kiddush Hashem, they made the biggest, biggest Chilul Hashem. Because what they, what, what they made the Jews think is that God doesn't have the power to bring his own fire, but we'll bring the fire. But we need to, you need human help. It's the biggest Chilul Hashem. Hashem said, Chilul Hashem, you brought a fire, I'm going to bring a fire, and the fire killed them both. Well, that was their Avera. But everyone gets a chance to fix their Avera. So Hashem took the two half neshamos, because you're only a whole neshama when you get married. So Hashem took the two half neshamas, half another, half of a view, put them together, and created Pinchos ben Olozah ben Aranakayim. What did... Now, okay, now. So, first question. He wasn't Pinchas ben Aranakayim. He was Pinchas ben Elazar. The Lushan is not that, that Elazar was the son of Aaron Akayim, that Pinchas was the son of Elazar ben Aaron Akayim, that he was the son of Elazar and Aaron. Pinchas wasn't the son of Aaron, he was the grandson of Aaron. But if he had the Nishamas of Nadavavihu, Nadavavihu were the children of Aaron. So if he was a Gilgal and he had the Nishama of, of Nadavavihu, then he was the son of Aaron. That's what the Pasuk says. He was ben Elazar. But he was also another Vaviu, Ben Aranakai. So he was a Gilgal. And Pinchas had to fix what these two did. So these two, their, their Avera was the Avera that they brought an age Zara, they brought a fire, and they didn't make a Chil Hashem. So Pinchas had to make a Kiddush Hashem. To fix the Chil Hashem, had to make a Kiddush Hashem. So Pinchas, what he did is he made a great Kiddush Hashem to fix the Chil Hashem that Nadav Aviyu did. But boys and everybody listening, it's very nice what he did, but to fix your Gilgal, to be in your Tikkun of what you did last time, you have to be in the same position, in the same thing, and therefore, if the Aveira that Nadav Aviyu was, that they brought a fire that was a zav. Yeah, the zar fire caused a caused a chil Hashem, and Pinchas fixed that. He made a kiddush Hashem, but they didn't fix the fire that they brought. Like we learned many years ago, many times that you, to do a tikkun, you have to be in the same place with the same yitzhar, the same thing. Everything has to be the same, 
and then you have to win. Because otherwise, if you, if you won, the Satan will say, yeah, sure, because this was different, that was different, this was different. So Hashem will say, no, everything's the same, and he, was, oh, and he overcame it, and therefore he, he was machaper. So everything has to be the same. We spoke about many years ago that, that you know, somebody asked him, I share, okay, so let's say a guy went off to Derech, and he, and he went to church to pray. So now you're telling me to fix it, it has to be in the same place. It has to be back in church. How can he fix it in church? If he has to be in the same place, I can fix it in church. He has to walk in the church and be masaking what he did. So the answers are this. He's going to end up in the church again. But it's up to the way you behave how you're going to be in the church. What do I mean? When I was in, when I was growing up, when I grew, when I was, when after I got married, so there was a uh, comedy act that that was done in the basement of a church. I remember asking if we could go because it's not in the church; it's in the basement of the church. It was off Broadway. A lot of Jewish people went. It was a very funny comedy. I didn't want to go because I didn't want anything to do with the church. But so it could be. That because you go out to the movies and you go out much of Shabbos, so you're going to end up in the church for the wrong reasons. Okay? Could be you'll be in AA. AA meetings, Alcoholic Anonymous, where do they take place? In a church. All of them. In the basement of a church. So it could be you're going to be end up in a church because you're in an AA meeting. Could be you'll end up in a church because this time again you decided that you want to become a guy, you want to convert. Or it could be that you work for a Jewish organization that goes into churches where there are Russian Jewish kids and pulls them out. So if during if what you're doing right now is working for JAP or one of these organizations of helping Russians or helping other Jews and being makar of them, so now that you put yourself in that position, yes, you will end up in a church because that's not only going to be massacring yourself because that was last time what you did there was in a church. But this time you're going to be there to save Jewish kids. But if you're an alcoholic and a drunk, then you're not going to be able to massacre it. You're just going to end up in a church because you're an AA. So you will end up in the place that you sin. How you're going to be when you're there depends on how you're living. So stay. Right, so we get to that. So, so Pinchas didn't fix that. Pinchas brought a Kiddush Hashem to the world. So now Pinchas had to come back again. And this time, who did Pinchas come back? Pinchas the Eliyahu. Pinchas came back and said, Yohanavi. Eliyohanavi. In the Tanakh we learn, Eliyohanavi was on the mountain. And the Jews said that, there's no, that our God is not the God, but their God, Baal, their Avodah Zorah, Baal. That's the real, that's the real Avodah Zorah. So the Navi said, let's find out. There's one way to find out. You guys, all the Jewish nation was against him. He was alone. Him against everyone else. You guys build the Mizbeach and put on the Mizbeach wood, Eitzim, I'll build the Mizbeach. You'll call out to your God and I'll call out to my God. And we'll see which one sends down the fire. Then we'll know which one is which. Fine. So the Nevi'e Sheker, the... Uh, prophets, the um, not real prophets, right? They went ahead and they put a man in a hollow mizbeach. And they told him, when you hear us screaming, 
stick the fire from underneath, the fire will come out, everyone will believe us that Baal's fire. They knew that there's no, nobody's going to be able to do anything. So they built him as Baal. And they put their man inside. And Hashem sent a snake, and he went underneath, and he bit him, and he killed him. So now they didn't know that. So they came to the Mizbeach, the Nevi'e Shekha. They started screaming, Baal, send the fire! Show the Jews! You're the God! And they expect this guy to light the fire from underneath. Nothing happening. God, send the fire! They're screaming like maniacs. They're screaming at the guy in the box. Nothing happened. He was dead. But Anavi said, well, maybe you guys should come to my side. And he built him his beach. He built him his beach. And he put on top of it wood. And he put on top of, on top of it some carbonos, whatever. And he poured water all over the wood and all over everything. And he said, I'm not ready to do anything. Maybe you guys, and if you have about, maybe you're not screaming enough. Maybe your, your idol is a little bit hard of hearing. So you need to scream at the top of your lungs. And all the Jews screamed at the top of the lungs says, until the blood was coming out of their eyes. That's how much they were yelling. And of course, Abba doesn't answer, ever. So finally he said, okay, it doesn't seem to be that he's hearing you guys today. He doesn't seem to be able to hear hearing very well. Maybe he's jogging with like ear, earplugs on or something. I don't know, whatever, right? Listening to, listening to some heavy metal, whatever. And um, okay, come over to me. So all the Jews came over to him. And he put, poured water all over his back, and he said to Hashem, Hashem, if you're there, please send the fire down, show all the Jewish people that Hashem echad ushmo echad. And the fire came down and says, burnt the animals, burnt the wood, burnt the mizbeach, fried it. And all the Jews said, Hashem alokeinu Hashem echad. Here he was, Mesakein, the Aveir of the Eish Last time you weren't willing to wait. You were in a rush, so you lit the fire. You weren't willing to wait. It was called the Chil Hashem. Eliyar Navi that day waited a whole day till, till the sun was setting. He didn't do anything till the sun was setting. To be Masakin, he said, this time we're going to wait. I'm not going to light the fire. And the fire came from Shemayim, and he was Masakin the whole thing that he did wrong. And then Hashem said, there's no reason for you to be here anymore. Chariot of fire, back to the other world. You're done. So every person has a chance to be masakain what they did wrong, to be in the same situation, and sometimes you're in a crazy situation, and $20 can save you thousands of dollars. So when someone puts out his hand, you know, it was funny, because I was walking into Mincha, and he was like bothering me, and I, well, my head wasn't there. And I was like, you know what? He put his hand out, I got it. I shouldn't put it in my head to do that. He, he put his hand out, you got to give him. I said, oh, $20. I don't give out $20, give him $1. So he to everyone. I put out $20. And, he, and then he complained. Not enough. I was really like, and I said, don't you understand? I just lost something that's worth so much money in a car and I've got, I told him the whole story because I was very angry. And he went ahead and, and, and found these two guys and got the numbers and they tracked it. And, and had I not opened the door, had I not opened the door because I was packing, I would never got those names. I would never gotten back what I needed. You did a mistake. That was a mistake. Which mistake? The biggest mistake would have been not to give him that money. Not to give him those $20 and not to answer the door. So if someone rings the bell and they say, I need money, go to the door. You never know the Yeshua that they're going to bring. He didn't come for money. I gave him that money because he gave me the numbers, but he didn't come for money. He came to help me. He really came to help me. It's amazing.
So the other thing I spoke about, and I show just very short. We have four more minutes. Mushmir um, I spoke in Rabbi Sentis Yeshiva um, about coming back and the summer and everything else. And um, I explained to them that the whole thing of Shmir Sinayim, um, outside, the, 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 your learning is better, your eyes are the window to your soul. If your eyes are clear, then everything that goes into your soul are clear. If your eyes are not clear, then all the dirt, there is if your windows over here are full of filth and dirt, the sunlight doesn't come in here. So all the Torah and all the things that you do, your ears and your eyes, are the, are the, you know, they go into your soul. If you're not filtering, if you're not, you know, you don't keep them clean, it's a very, very big problem. In the summer, it's a very big problem. So someone said to me, like, Rabbi, I'm on Avenue J. This girl crossed in front of me, and she wasn't dressed. Like, I, I, I wasn't looking for it. That just happened. So I said, if you look at the Pasuk in Kriyashma, it says, So suru doesn't mean you don't see. So suru means you don't follow. So the, the, the initial seeing that someone just walked in front of me, I, I whoa. Right? But then when you, so suru means you, whoa. Right? You follow. If you follow, listen carefully. They were shocked when I told them this. Because all you guys say this every day and you don't realize it. What does the Pesach say? Right? Because if you... Listen carefully to what I'm saying. If you see someone that's crossing not dressed, of course you can't go to a place where people are like that, but you're walking in jail and you didn't expect it, right? This girl walks by... She's not dressed, right? The susuru achri levavchem achri nechem. The susuru, right? The mitzvah is loy susuru. The susuru, the following, is coming from your heart. In other words, just seeing is not my fault. But once you start following, that means you're doing it on purpose. And that's coming from your heart. In other words, whoa, what I just saw, I gotta, I gotta see this. Ooh. That that whole movement, right, is, is a thoughtful movement. The per, standing there and someone walking in front of you, it wasn't your thought. But when you start to move your head, to follow, because your heart's saying like, whoa, i got to take a look at this. Now the levavchem comes before the enechem. The girl crossing the street is the enechem before levavchem. Oh, I'm thinking about what I just saw. But following the girl, following your eyes, that's levavchem and then a and then a nechem. Watching a dirty movie, watching something on your screen that you shouldn't be watching is coming first from the heart. It didn't just happen. It didn't just happen on the screen. You're watching it, right? You're watching it. So your levavchem is first. You made a decision. I want to watch this. What happens to a person who follows their eyes, who follows something they shouldn't look, ends up. What does it, what does it say? Levavchem and nechem ashatema Wow, you realize you say it every day? From following becomes Zainim. You become Zainim. It's not like, oh, okay, big deal. Watch the girl across the street. You become a Zaina. You realize you say that in Krishna every day? You shouldn't follow your Why? Because if you do, I should Zainim. Become a zaina. You go from a look to a follow to a zaina. So that's very heavy stuff. And in the summer, a person has to be very careful. 
the initial look wasn't your fault. It really wasn't. You were in a, in a kosher place, and someone's not dressed, and they walked by. It's still the window well, of your soul, right? In other words, it's always the window of your soul. It's going to affect you. Absolutely. Dressed. Absolutely. But you know what? The word they use is mabit. Mabit means to steer. Mabit means to ingest. In other words, you can see something and not really ingest it. You can see something and you could really ingest it. Um, in a very Kabbalistic Sefer, in the Kavayasha, in one of the first prokham that he writes, he says that if you look at a girl that's not dressed, part of her soul goes into your soul. Because your eyes, when you mob it, when you, when you stare, when you concentrate on what you're seeing. I don't know if you could do this, but if you would, let's say, okay, Diet Coke. So, you could... Diet Coke. I see it says Diet Coke. Okay? Everyone here? Take a look at the Diet Coke when I put it out. You ready? One, two, three. Everyone sees there's a Diet Coke, right? Everyone saw the word Diet Coke? Okay, now. Look at the words Diet Coke. And try mentally to take it in to your eyes. Okay, now. When you take this away. You can look right here, and I could see the, di- the words Diet Coke, even though the, the can is not here. When you're mobbit, it goes into your eyes, and then even after it's not there anymore, you can imagine that it's there. Something that just whisks by, you can't imagine that it's there. So when you see a girl that's not dressed, and you're mobbit, then at night when you dream, you could see you could see what you saw, and you could even think about her during the day, and you could actually see that person the way they were because you ingested what you saw. So the susuru is the ingestion. The person walks by, it's not ingested, it's like boom. But when you when you take it in, you like you stare at it. In fact it gives a certain pleasure. You have these goyim that stand on corners and they're just they're girl watching. What are you what are you doing? You can't touch her, you have no relationship with her. What are you doing? Why are you watching girls? See it all over New York. These guys sit and stand on the corner. They woo. They whistle. What are you getting? What do you get from that? What are you getting from that? So they're taking it in. They take it in, and it's brought down for the girl. It's a very big avera because part of her, which is not a good part of her, is going into that person, and affecting that person. The whole kaviyash. Next week we'll try to learn this kaviyash on Shmuel Tanaim, but. There's a connection in the neshama. It's very dangerous. It's not good. It's hard to then bring kedusha and to learn and to daven, and you know all of a sudden you can't concentrate anymore because yesterday you saw something you weren't supposed to, and you saw something on the video last night before you went to sleep. The next day you're having a hard time learning because your neshama is not pure anymore. So the way to clean it out, what do you do? Let's say, no, well, it's an interesting thing. Of course, tired everything, but the way to clean your eyes. Like the Windex for your eyes is to look at the Yudke Vavke. That's what Yasha says. You should, have, you should even get a, a parchment in your tefillin, a parchment with the Yudke Vavke. You know they have in some of these Sidurim in the back of Menorah, right, with all the names, and the Yudke Vavke. Look at Yudke Vavke as much as you can during a day. 
That's the cleanser. If you if you see something you're not supposed to see, and then you try to see like you gave up can the wall, it won't happen. The letters won't come out. One letter will not come out. The other letter won't come out. That's how you can test what kedusha level you're on. If you look at things you're not supposed to, and then you want to, you want to impose a yudke vavke on that wall in your imagination, you'll have a hard time. So the way the way to the way to clean the way to clean your eyes is to look at Hashem's letters as much as you can. You work; it's hard. It's a struggle. No, you're saying that. I had such an easy time. There were actually four lights there, specifically while where I looked. Yeah. Okay. In black. In black. I don't know the lights. I don't know about the lights. What? You can see it. You can see it in any color. See it in any color. Black. Black against white. Black on white. Supposed to be black on white. That's how you're supposed to be able to imagine when you're in the mikvah and all other places. You want to imagine the name of Hashem. It should be black on white, like, like a sefer Torah. Shakai, Kel, Eheya, Adonis, all the different names. But Yudke Vavke is the, is the cleanser. But anyway, you don't want you don't want your eyes to, to be called a zaina. You don't want a zaina machreim. You don't want that. Well, some is a very hard time, but. So that if you turn away, let's say you see there's a, across the street, there's a girl. Oh my gosh, I didn't, you weren't looking. But now you really want to look at her. And you turn your head and you don't look at all. At that time, whatever you daven for, Hashem will give you. Because you broke your teva, Hashem will break teva for you. Doesn't mean you can go to 42nd Street where all the people are not dressed. And like, okay, I'm not looking, I'm not looking, I want brachas. No, that means that something happened, you're walking down 13th Avenue, oh, oh my gosh. And you're like, she's walking towards you. And you might look at the store, you turn around, you look at the store, she goes by, you can change your world, you can change your life. Enayim, 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 enayim. Very important. Right, it's like doing tshuva and anavera becomes a mitzvah. But the basis of it is that you're breaking your teva. If you break your teva, you can have Hashem to break teva. Right. It sounds like too much of an easy tikkun to do. Like, okay, sure. It's not an easy tikkun. To look at your teva. That's keep doing. No, do it as much as you can. Not a question. No, no. It doesn't help the avera. You have to do tshuva. The yuke vavke is just to help clean your eyes. The effect of the Avera, but you're looking at girls, looking at a UK case not going to help you. That's if someone walked by and you weren't ready for it, but you, 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 have, to be, you have to do trufa. It has an effect, it has a big effect. It has a very, very big effect. So a person also, he doesn't understand his learning, he doesn't daven as well. In the summertime, the reason I spoke to him about it is because in the summertime, a person has to be very careful. To work on it. To work on it. It's not easy. It's a test every single day. Every single day, every single minute of the day. I took a very big tzaddik home when I was in B'nai Brak. He got into the car and he closed his eyes. The whole ride from Yeshiva to the house. 
Shabbos Shalom. Shabbos Shalom. Shabbos Shalom. Is that the right approach? On his level, yeah. On your level, you'll crash into the car in front of you. <laughs> you have to be. We have to be normal, but he's very kaddish and. On some level, this the gay guy has it a little easy. <laughs> let's not get into that. Let's not get into that online <laughs> while we're online. All right. Anyway, so the lesson of tonight is: no matter how angry and upset you are, give tzedakah if someone puts out. That's the test. That was the test. No shadow was a test. I was tested big time because I was so angry. After I gave him the $20, which I was already crazy because the bag wasn't there. I thought the bag would be there, right? After I gave him the $20, Hashem was like, now that one you passed easy. I know you. Now he's going to ask you for more. That was tough. What do you mean? He's like, I'm like, oh, baby, stop me. He's like, don't stop me. Because like, I was like, I gave you $20. Like, I can't believe you're doing this. And I was like, I said, I don't have right now, but when he gave me the letter upstairs, the, the things I gave him, the other $80. But you have to be very careful. This, this, every day, you don't realize how you're being tested and stuff like that. You need to do the lesson. Huh? You need to do the lesson. What do you mean you gave a person stone for more? The one I gave is the one who saved me. Right, but he, $20 he got, it's more than what anybody gets. Yeah, I didn't give anyone $20 in one shot, right? So that's the, that was that's the test. It must have been that I had to be massacring that, that someone asked me for money and I didn't give them. You put me in the same position, uptight, nervous, asked you for money, and you gave them the $20. I was so, I felt so low when he rang the bell and I came up there and he was like, I was going to kill him. And he takes this little piece of paper. He says, here, I have two numbers for you. I'm like, what? What is that? He goes, I have two numbers. I know how upset you were today. These two guys will find it. I was like, what? You didn't come here for money? He goes, no. You gave me a ready. Shh. Everybody, when it's hard, that's when it's real. Anyway, we should all be zeichet to find everything that we ever lost. And all the Jews, should bring back, everything that we lost doesn't only mean money and physical things, it means souls and Emotional things and spiritual things, people, and um, in this chus of Rav Meir Balanes and all the tzaddikim and all the gedolim, Hashem should bring back all the lost neshamas. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.